With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to our All Cardinals podcast. I'm Howard Balzer. Alex Weiner is here. Miller Thomas, as we have got a lot to talk about as we are, gosh, almost a week out from the Cardinals' loss to the Packers on Thursday night football, heading towards a second game of the season against the San Francisco 49ers. And, of course, we're recording this and doing this on trade deadline day in the National Football League. So a lot to unpack, a lot to discuss as the Cardinals get their first loss mm-hmm. of the season and a strange game in a lot of ways. Obviously, the ending was one of the most unusual, perhaps, that uh, many of us have seen. And, of course, I've seen a lot, a lot more games than you guys, but uh, <laughs> that, that was uh, quite the end uh, to, that, to that game. And I, I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if we will ever find out what truly happened on it. But to me, it seems pretty clear that Kyler Murray decided to change the play. It was supposed to go to the left. He decided to go to A.J. Green, who was all alone on the right side of the field with Rasul Douglas, who was on the Cardinals practice squad uh, for about three weeks earlier in October. A.J. Green never got the message. But here's the thing that I don't think any of us will ever understand or comprehend. Even if A.J. Green thought the ball was going to the left side, what are you doing running into the end zone towards the cornerback and never turning around? Because even if he just turns around not expecting the ball, even if it's incomplete, there's no damage done. You still have third down and another play and a potential fourth down if you have to kick a field goal and go to overtime. So, guys, I don't know if we'll ever understand unless A.J. Green decides to come clean at some point and say what he was thinking, I don't know that we'll ever know what really happened in his mind on that play and why he didn't turn around in the end zone. One last point on that. Hey, how many times have we seen a quarterback look to one side of the field to have a play, doesn't see anything there, and then look somewhere else? Well, (laughs) A.J. Green's got to be thinking that, I would think, but obviously he wasn't. I mean, it almost looked like he was blocking um, to a certain extent. And so that was, I mean, that must be a, a... real drastic, you know, miscommunication up at the line of scrimmage there. You know, it, I, I wonder if AJ Green will be made available to, you know, the media this week or if he could be requested so we can kind of figure out exactly what happened. Who knows? He might just say it's it's a miscommunication and we're going to move on from it, just like Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury essentially said. You know, maybe if the, if the Cardinals win the Super Bowl or something and there's like a documentary on the season <laughs> and like in 10 years somebody sits down with AJ Green, maybe we'll get an answer then. But yeah, bizarre. Um, but I, I guess they're going to chalk this one up to you know, for some, for whatever reason, message wasn't, you know, relayed or, or he didn't hear it or something like that. And 
not a huge deal. They're seven and one. They still are, you know, have the top of the division. That's where they wanted to be at this point in the year and time to move on. But definitely a, a, a win that they left on the table just with that one play. Pretty miraculous of them. And an impre- not, a, not even miraculous, just impressive for them to come back for when they, they really looked like nothing was going on offensively for a lot of the game. And then they really t- flipped a switch. And that final drive was masterful up until the very end. And they, I mean, they had a golden chance to do it. So, you know, definitely a lot of negatives to take from that, you know, play from that game. But in the end, they gave themselves an opportunity and, and they continue to do so even when they don't have their best performances. And Miller, yeah. before you jump, before you jump in, mm-hmm. you mentioned the last drive, the two drives before that, they scored touchdowns on both of them when they were down by two scores to get within one score and they had 234 yards on the last three possessions of the game. It was that, that was impressive. And you just wonder where was that at other points in the game? Yeah, because this Cardinals offense really started heating up toward the end of the game. Like you were just saying the first half, I think they only had one play go for over 20 yards. And that was that big Hopkins catch. Like they weren't getting the explosive plays in this game. Like they normally do. It was a lot tougher to get that easy offense. And Late in that fourth quarter, A.J. Green was like the guy. Like, he had that big third and ten catch when they were backed up in their end zone to keep the drive alive. Like, it was so shocking to see A.J. Green make that play because with Hopkins kind of in and out this game, A.J. Green was basically the guy, and he was stepping up to the plate. The whole season he's been stepping up to the plate. He's kind of having a resurgent season for this Cardinals team because I was one of those naysayers that was like, A.J. Green's done. He's washed. After watching him last year in Cincinnati, I didn't think A.J. Green had much left in the tank, but he's proved me wrong. So I was so surprised to see A.J. Green have that miscommunication. And if you are able to ask him that question, Alex, I don't think he's going to answer. I think you're going to get a Marshawn Lynch type answer because that dude was straight out the stadium right after the game. He was answering no questions about that. And I can't blame him because a guy who's as veteran as him, one of the highest IQ wide receivers, it seemed like in football the last decade, like it was just probably a mental mistake by him. He knows he probably cost his team the game, but it's football, it's sports, these Players know how to compartmentalize, and they'll move on from this. A couple of quick points with the play. I don't want to belabor it for too long, but I went back and late Thursday night and even into Friday, I watched that play several times, well, more than several, and there were a couple of interesting aspects of it that kind of gave you a hint of what went on there because DeAndre Hopkins was on the field for that play. He only played 15 snaps in the game, and he originally – went to the right side of the formation to, to run the play. And then he, he started coming back to the left behind the line of scrimmage and then reversed to go back to the right again. At that point, as he was approaching Kyler Murray, you can see Kyler motioning with his left hand to say, go back, go back, because he had made up his mind then to throw the ball to the right side, and he didn't want DeAndre on that side of the field. So Hopkins did go back, and then you see – Kyler, with his right hand, make a little motion that might have been towards A.J. Green. We don't know if he said something that that he hoped that Green would hear. We don't know about that. He did make a little motion, but looking at A.J. Green, he wasn't looking at Kyler. He was looking at the line of scrimmage to make sure that he didn't leave before the ball was snapped. And so those were a couple things that happened on the play. In addition to Packers linebacker Chris Barnes, who was lined up on the left side a little bit, to a little bit of the left of center on the Packers side of the field. He came clean on a blitz right through the line, is heading towards Kyler, and did a good job of avoiding him. And 
Kyler actually after he threw a ducked a little bit to avoid uh, Chris Barnes. So those were some of the little things uh, that happened uh, on that play that who knows uh, what it what you know what it affected by. And one other interesting point, you know, Sean Harlow by all accounts played a pretty good game at center as the third string center in that game, but overlooked a little bit was that errant snap on first and 10 that lost eight yards. And it was kind of overlooked afterward because right after that play, Kyler hit uh, Chase Edmonds for an 18-yard gain or a 22-yard gain, actually, down to the 18-yard line. However, on that bad snap, the Cardinals called timeout, which ended up costing them at the end when they had to use their last timeout at the five-yard line with 15 seconds to go. If they had had one more timeout there, the play calls might have been a little different. Who knows? Maybe they try a little quick pass. That if, But if the player doesn't get in, no problem. They have another timeout. Maybe they try a run there once again with James Conner where the Packers are expecting a pass. So, so that play, even though they overcame it to get a first down, did cost them a first down. So those are like I said, a lot of the little things that happened. But let's go back now as we look forward to two plays before that final play when that's when it appears that Kyler Murray hurt his ankle. And now we're all wondering, what's going to happen? It's not considered a major injury. It's considered one to three weeks. A lot depends on the swelling. It's not a high ankle sprain. And so all those things point to the potential of him possibly being able to play uh, this week. None of us know. We'll maybe get a little indication in practice if he practices at all, if it's limited. If he doesn't practice, that might be an indication, but certainly a big decision for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals in terms of what his health is this week in practice and whether he'll be able to play against the 49ers. Yeah, and, and Cliff Kingsbury said this week, I mean, Kyler has played hurt before. Um, I mean, both of his first couple of seasons, he, he played injured and most prominently last year, he played pretty much just the last section of the season after that Seahawks game uh, banged up. So he's done it before. It's obviously not ideal. And, you know, Kingsbury basically said if he can be out there and, and be effective, you know, play at a high level. I think that's the terminology he always uses. But, you know, basically if he can be not totally Kyler, but mostly there and, and be able to sort of protect himself, avoid hits, still make big throws. He'll probably be out there, I would imagine. But if he's really hobbled by this, I don't see why you throw him out there in, no. in a week, you know, in a week nine game against San Francisco when you can rebound, have a couple of weeks, and then the bye. Just give him a little bit of extra time to make sure he's good to go for a final stretch. And, you know, the end of the season, they got some more difficult games. That's, you know, when it's really going to come down to probably unless they really get a good head start now. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what their decision is, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if it's a one to two week injury and it's really sort of borderline, you, you know, maybe play safe than you know, better safe than sorry. Throw Colt McCoy out there and see what you can do with it. Yeah, and the Cardinals built themselves a nice little lead in this division. Like, of course, you got the Rams still there breathing on their neck, but they have seven wins already in the bag, six wins wherever they're at. So it's not like they, they can't afford a loss or two if Kyler Murray has to step away for these next couple of weeks to get healthy. Because in the end, your goal is to win a Super Bowl. It's not to win your week nine matchup against the 49ers. It's to win a Super Bowl. And 
like you said, we've already seen this Cardinals team with a compromised Kyler. We saw it last year, and guess what? It wasn't very pretty. This team struggled mightily offensively when Kyler was not the same guy last year, and he's already been dealing a little bit with the shoulder injury as well the last couple of weeks. Now you throw the ankle in there as well. Like It's basically his whole body getting hurt right now. So it does make me wonder, is this going to be basically the career of Kyler Murray? Are we always going to be kind of worrying? when's that big hit going to come or can he finish the season? Like these are question marks that we had probably entering the draft because he was a smaller guy. And these are question marks we still have right now because through the first few years of his career, he has been a guy that's been banged up every now and then uh, he's been able to finish seasons, but he's not healthy when he finished those, those seasons and which football players are really, but either way, I think it would be in the best interest of the Cardinals if they decide to sit Kyler Murray for a week or two because they have a good record right now. And with the way they've been playing this season, I think they have greater expectations toward the end of the year than they do right now. It's interesting. I have and I featured Dr. David Chow, who has a website, Pro Football Injury or Pro Football Doc. Uh, dot com. And I had a couple uh, stories last week uh, talking about his observations of Kyler Murray and, of course, J.J. Watt's shoulder injury. He's scheduled for surgery. We're not sure when that will be, but he will have surgery. And he told me that he has more concern for this week for DeAndre Hopkins mm. than Kyler Murray, uh, because he feels that with Kyler, that even if he's 85 percent, there's not, there's no real danger of future injury. It's not that serious an injury, and that he should be okay. Hopkins is another story entirely. He only played 15 snaps in that entire game, and when you're dealing with a hamstring, that's one of those that, boy, you you can injure and re-injure and aggravate and do all that, and make it worse. And so he said he has a little more concern about that. So that'll be something that obviously will be monitored. Uh, this week for the Cardinals. And uh, one thing I want to get your guys' thoughts on, Miller, you mentioned Zayvon Collins uh, earlier, and I, and I think that had an impact on that game more than people realize because he only played three snaps. And we saw how the Packers were able to control the clock. They had thir over 37 minutes of possession time. They did it essentially, A, with quick passes, but also with the running game. And that's when Zayvon Collins plays most of his snaps is in the running game, only three snaps. They signed a guy to the practice squad today, Tahir Whitehead, who's played nine years in the NFL. He's been a run-stopping demon on the inside, whether it's inside linebacker in a 3-4, middle linebacker in a 4-3, whatever it might be. I'm not saying he's going to walk in. He hasn't even been with a team since he became an unrestricted free agent in March, but they signed him to the practice squad, and who knows, he might – he might be a guy that they need out there when they're playing these teams that run the ball well. We know that's what the 49ers do. They love to run the football. So it might be a stretch to think that he might have an impact this week, but we might get a clue in terms of how much Zayvon Collins practices when it all begins on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it might be too quick for Whitehead to get out there, um, but you know, he is a veteran, and – it's it's interesting. It's like, okay, well, did you sign him for, you know, as precautionary just in case, you know, Collins has to miss multiple weeks just, you know, just for a guy to have in practice while Collins works his way back later in this week? Or is this a guy who you want to, you know, work up to throw out there if Collins is going to be down? So it's, it's interesting. Maybe just in general, they're not totally satisfied with their run defense and they wanted an extra body in there, uh, especially now that Watt is gone and, or, you know, for 
you know, the foreseeable future, at least we don't know exactly, but you just have an extra guy in there who has done it before. Coward mentioned has been very productive against the run and throughout his career. So it, it could just be one of a few things. And, you know, we'll, we're not going to really know uh, until maybe even the game this weekend. If, if, you know, Collins is out there, if he's not, if they decide to rush, you know, Whitehead into the mix and get him out there. So there's a lot of, you know, options there. And I'm sure Cardinals fans aren't going to want to be like, okay, Tahir Whitehead's going to come save our run defense and, and help us and fill in for Collins. But, you know, he might be a guy who they're going to end up seeing on Sundays pretty quickly. And so, you know, we'll see. Well, you know, Collins is apparently before the game started, he had some shoulder issues, worked through them and just re-injured it. I mean, it, that play, if you go back and watch it, it's in the second quarter. I mean, he lands pretty hard. And so that's, a little, a little bit concerning. Young guy, big guy. Um, we'll see exactly what happens there and, and what his status is on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday leading up to this game. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, we saw some bad injuries in Thursday night's game. I mean, Robert Tunyon, you had that one collision where they were both like basically knocked out of the game. So this was a pretty bad game with injuries. And I think the Collins injury is also so important because of something Alex just touched on is they, it's when you compound this with the J.J. Watt injury, what that does to the run defense, because J.J. Watt is a massive human being, and it's easy for him to plug up those holes. So when Zave, so if any of those running backs get past the J.J. Watt, then you have Zayvon Collins there in the secondary to in the second level to stop them. But without both of those guys, like Howard mentioned, you saw this running attack really start to wear down this Cardinals defense. A.J. Dillon had a, a fourth down run where it seemed like he was stopped behind the line of scrimmage and still picked up the first down. Same with Aaron Jones. There was a goal line play where it seemed like he was stood up before it and still was able to power through as well. So this Cardinals run defense is going to be a little bit softer. And against a 49ers team that likes to run the ball, Thankfully, it seems like maybe a Jimmy G will be playing Sunday and not Trey Lance who rushed for like 90 yards in the last matchup. But either way, Elijah Mitchell, he's back. He's healthy. He's been running pretty well. Jimmy G is going to put the ball in his hands a lot. And this Cardinals run defense is going to have to step up a lot without J.J. Watt and potentially Collins as well. No no question about that. The great observation. And, and of course, one other key aspect of the Cardinals offense will be the possibility of Rodney Hudson uh, being back this week. He was designated for return uh, from injured reserve on Tuesday, uh, which means that starts a 21-day window. I'm sure he's not going to be on it that long. It might only be as much as this week that he'll be activated uh, for this game, depending on, on how he feels. But he's missed three where the Cardinals just wanted to be sure not put him out there like they did with Kelvin Beecham when he injured his ribs in the, in the season opener. And then he tried to play the next week, 
couldn't get past the first half, decided to sit him down for another two games, and, and now he's been playing most, most virtually all the snaps. So they wanted to be sure uh, with Hudson and they to be careful with him. So it looks like he'll be back, which would be a real pick-me-up, I think, you hope, for the offense, for especially with trying to protect uh, Kyler Murray up the middle. If, in fact, he plays, even if it's Colt McCoy, you have to have protection up the middle. And this is a tremendous defensive line the 49ers have. We, we saw how the Cardinals struggled against them in, in the game that they won a few weeks ago. They only scored 17 points in that game. And you know that's going to be a grind and a battle in Santa Clara on Sunday. And that's why it'll be important, I think, to have Hudson back and to have most of your line back to the way it was at the start of the season. Yeah, I don't think they've gone through an entire game with the entirety of the of, with the starting five offensive linemen throughout its entirety because you mentioned Beecham gets hurt in week one, tries to play, can't really do it in week two, and then misses week three. In week four, we have multiple injuries with the guards. That's why Max Garcia and, and Sean Harlow had to come in there. Uh, and then it just you know continues week five, Hudson gets hurt, and then they haven't had him since. So there hasn't been a single game this year where all five offense, starting offensive linemen were out there for its entirety. And getting that back at the right time when the rest of the offense is having some injuries, you know, with Murray, you mentioned with DeAndre Hopkins, and that could be a huge boost for them. And, and Hudson, you know, not only is he going to help just block the guys up front, but he's, you know, against this 49ers defense with, you know, you mentioned it, they have a lot of guys up front that could really do some damage. He's going to be really, you know, valuable to them as far as pointing everybody out, what they're doing, what coverages they're in. And, you know, if, if it is Colt McCoy, that's going to be even more important. Um, and if it's, you know, Kyler Murray, obviously with, you know, you don't want him getting hit and it's going to be vital not to mention the snaps, you know, there have been some errant snaps with him gone. Um, Max Garcia took over and, you know, looked pretty solid, but for the most, but there were a few bad snaps from him. And then last week, obviously Howard mentioned the Sean Harlow missed snap at the end of that game. So you might get a little bit more consistency there with a guy who's played center throughout his entire career versus Harlow and Garcia, who were guards who have had to, you know, switch over to center just because they need the depth. Yeah, I think this game is going to be one in the trenches. If it's Kyler Murray back there with that injured ankle, like you're going to need like six or seven offensive linemen because that is your crown jewel and you don't want Kyler getting hurt. If it's Colt McCoy, like we don't want to see backup quarterbacks with pressure in their face. They usually start throwing it all over the field, usually to the other team when that happens. So Colt McCoy is going to need some good protection as well. And, the, and on the other side, like we were saying, 49ers want to run the ball. They do not trust Jimmy G. Like who would? Jimmy G is uh, he's an average quarterback. So 49 49ers want to run the ball and they like to do those mis- mismatches where they maybe throw it to the running backs in space or a tight end, you know, over the mi- middle of the field where it's not very deep down the field, maybe five yard slants, things like that. So the I think this game is going to be one in the trenches, but the guy that I do want to see step up on Sunday for this Cardinals offense is Rondell Moore, who I feel like his role had just been reduced the last few weeks. It just has not been the same guy that we saw those first couple games in the season. I think he only has one game with at least 30 receiving yards in his last six games. So he just not has been super util- uh, super utilized. I, I don't know what word I was trying to say there, but he just has not been super utilized enough recently. An explosive guy with Hopkins potentially hurt, with Kyle Murray potentially hurt. Like you don't have to do a lot to get this guy the ball. Jet sweeps, little handoffs. You could just do a little slants over the middle of the field of course he muffed a punt return in thursday's game which set up 
the Packers, you know, first and goal. But still, Rondell Moore, even though he's a rookie, he's an explosive talent. He's no Andy Isabella. And I think he's going to be critical to what this offense can do on Sunday. Sorry, Isabella, just random straight bullet right at you. <laughs> and there have been, speaking of Isabella, there had been some speculation that he might be the uh, subject of, uh, of a trade uh, that the Cardinals would be moving on. And I, when I heard that, I said, well, I just don't see where there would be that much of an interest in Andy Isabella. Uh, he does have some talent, but obviously he can't even get on the field for this team. But that trade did not happen. So uh, by all accounts, he will be here for the rest of the season. Uh, but the trade deadline has come and gone. And the Rams, of course, made noise uh, once again uh, with the acquisition uh, Von Miller from the Denver Broncos, and they gave up second and third round picks, which effectively the Broncos, the Broncos basically paid $9 million for a second and a third round pick because they're paying $9 million of Miller's salary because there's no way the Rams could have fit him under their salary cap, and they probably don't have anybody left to restructure deals uh, to save money. And so we know that the Rams don't value draft picks, uh, that's obvious. So they gave up a two and a three for a guy who's past his prime. So we'll see how much he's really able to impact uh, that team. They also are cutting Deshaun Jackson, who they couldn't figure out a way to get his speed into the offense, which is kind of shocking to me because he had eight receptions. That was it in seven games. He didn't play this past Sunday. He had eight receptions in seven games for over 200 yards. And yet they couldn't find a way to get him more involved in the offense. I'm going to be very interested to see what interest there is from other teams, uh, but somewhat quiet. I know there were some Cardinals fans hoping that, oh, maybe they'll get a, a corner. Maybe they'll get a defensive lineman. But the problem is, guys, is when other teams know that you're looking for someone, quite often the price is pretty high. And then you have to also look at how it works into your salary cap in terms of the player you're acquiring. The Cardinals had to restructure one contract already with Jordan Phillips just to fit Zach Ertz in the salary cap. So you just have to be too you have to be pretty careful about how much money you push into the future by restructuring deals. So I'm sure the Cardinals talked to teams, but there just wasn't probably anything out there that truly made sense from either a draft choice compensation or a contract that you'd be bringing to this roster. Yeah, the, the money would be tricky. I mean, they would basically have needed a similar deal that the Rams made for Von Miller, where you give up extra draft compensation, but you know they handle the burden of the money. But then they would probably be giving up too much draft compensation right. for a player, potentially on a one year deal, potentially an older player. You know, I know you know Cardinals fans and, and media speculation is like, oh, maybe they'll get you know someone like Fletcher Cox from the Eagles, or maybe they'll get you know who you know Shelby Harris, or they'll go after like these defensive linemen to try to replace JJ Watt, but. At the end of the day, they looked at it and they probably were like, okay, the asking price is too high for someone like that. Um, the money would get very tricky uh, to try to deal with it, uh, especially this late in the season. And it just wasn't worth it. They're going to roll with the guys that they have. You know, maybe Whitehead's a guy who comes in there and helps even a little bit. And, you know, the hope is that their young guys continue to perform up front and, and get better because if, if they were going to make a deal, you would think it would likely be for somebody on the defensive line to help, you know, fill up the snaps that JJ Watt was getting. Uh, they, you know, they're solid when it comes to the playmakers. They, they made sure of that with, with Zach Ertz. Uh, offensive line is finally getting healthier yeah, unless they really were, you know, troubled by the, you know, Josh Jones's last game, but you know, 
Jones has also had some solid games and he's still a young player. He's growing. And the cornerbacks have looked a lot better than I think anybody thought heading into this season, uh, especially, you know, with Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson and Robert Alford, they've all been solid. So there wasn't, there didn't appear to be a, you know, a really pressing need in the secondary. So, you know, you know, maybe they took some calls, you know, there were reports that, you know, the Eagles received a lot of phone calls for Fletcher Cox. Maybe the Cardinals were one of them and it just wasn't able to happen. And that's okay. They, you know, like where they're at right now, but you know, collectively they, they still have to get better up front for sure. And a lot of guys are going to have to take on an extra burden and we'll see exactly what the young guys look like in five weeks. I may talk, uh, I may talk, I don't know. I can't even talk right now. I may talk Cardinals time to time, man, I'm terrible at talking, but I'm a Saints fan at heart. And the Saints (laughs) have showed me that uh, money doesn't matter in football, all the cap, Everything. It's all imaginary. It's all fake because I've seen Taysom Hill get a $150 million contract. It's all voidable years. Like, I don't even know what voidable years mean, but basically all these contracts are fake in the NFL. So the Cardinals want to go out there and get a player. I think they could have. Maybe the compensation and things like that in terms of the draft picks, that stuff can get tricky. But in terms of fitting players under caps, I... I don't concern myself with that because I think it's all imaginary at the end of the day when I've looked and seen what the Saints have done the last few years. So for me, throwing out the cap, I really want the Cardinals to get a cornerback. Like Alex said, it may not have been as pressing of a need as I thought coming into the season. Like this secondary has been pretty surprising. Like the amount of times they played well, the amount of times they pulled up, I'm like, I don't see the talent there. But in terms of scheme and their production that they keep putting up, these guys keep performing every week. I love Byron Murphy, but after that, I didn't think these guys were going to hold up, and they keep doing it week after week. So I got to put some respect on their names. But two guys that I thought would have been interesting for the Cardinals to go out there and get, C.J. Henderson of the Jaguars. He was like a first-round pick a couple years ago. I don't know what the Jaguars are doing. Urban Meyer, I don't know what that guy's doing up there. So that would have been someone I would like to see the Cardinals target. And then the other guy is Stephon Gilmore, who – is on, a, I think, a bigger deal for this last year, pending free agent pretty soon. So that one could have gotten a little tricky, but I don't think the Panthers even gave up a lot for him. I think he made an interception in his first game like last week or something like that. So those are just two names I think I would have liked the Cardinals to go out there and target. If you're telling me the Cardinals can't get these guys because of money and cap, I don't want to hear it. But if you say it's because of compensation, then I'll put an open ear out. They would have well, done that a few weeks ago. They they would have, they those guys went quickly. <laughs> as far yeah. as, uh, as I'll, I'll, I'll just say this about the cap because they did have to restructure a contract of Jordan Phillips of all people who has hardly given the Cardinals value uh, for the money that uh, they are paying him, and so now they've put even more money that he was supposed to be paid this year by putting it in a, in a bonus. Now they put more money on the cap in future years, and the Cardinals had voidable years in a whole, and they added more. Phillips already had a voidable year in his contract. They added two more to that. And so th- th- that's money that's going against the cap. And, and, and the one thing I, I get what you're saying, Miller, for the now, but teams still look at the future. They, they put spreadsheets and they have two years down the road, three years down the road. And if you start piling up all that cap stuff that's going to come back in a few years and you have too much dead money, then it totally it truly impacts what you can do on your roster. And so the good teams know how to balance that. They'll make some moves if they make sense, but they, they, they still look to the future and just don't take on a whole lot of money just, just to bring in a guy that has a name and you're hoping that 
he's going he's going to play well. And so you know we'll see. You know we'll, you know the and you know it's they're in a pretty good position right now, and I think that's the key. And so how much would one of those other guys have improved the team? We'll see. I mean, we won't we won't know obviously, but uh, they're they're confident in the guys that are there. But a key is staying healthy. And that's one of the things that you can't control, obviously, in the NFL. And for the second half of this season, the Cardinals are going to need their players uh, to stay healthy. So uh, we've touched on a lot of different uh, subjects. As we wrap up this edition of the All Cardinals po- podcast, why don't you guys give uh, one last thought on anything you want to talk about here as we, uh, uh, as, we, as we wrap this up. Should we do predictions, Cardinals 49ers, quick score? If you want to. All right. I could be your last note. All right. All right. I'll give a prediction. Well, are we assuming Kyler's healthy or not? I guess I'll assume. Well, you can't really assume. Yeah, I guess you can't. You can hedge. You can hedge your pick though, depending on whether you believe he'll play. But I do think this will be the 49ers week with the Jimmy G back. I think they're just a little bit more stable when Jimmy G's back there. Trey Lance adds a, adds a different dynamic and a different element to that offense. But I think they're just more stable right now with Jimmy G back there, a more veteran quarterback. So I'll say this is a more low-scoring game for the Cardinals. 21-14, they're going to unfortunately take the L to the 49ers on Sunday. Ooh, wow. Um, I don't know if I want to do that. sounded grim after that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to give a prediction necessarily, but but I will say I don't know if the Man. Saints are the are the model as far as uh, you know <laughs> cap configuration and, and they had a, they had a stressful off season. They had they had a very stressful off season with everything they had to deal with uh, as far as going way over the cap. And then uh, Howard Jordan Phillips has been good the last couple of weeks, and he he's this is where he's supposed to make his money. You know, JJ Watts out. He's going to be, you know, yeah. featured prominently up front. They 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 ran a lot of those, you know, two defensive linemen sets that'll probably they'll probably go back to three when they get their nose tackles back Richard Lawrence and, and Corey Peters but you know it's going to be a lot of Zach Allen and, and Jordan Phillips up front and so this is where you know if Jordan Phillips were going to earn that money that yes. this would be the time for him to do so and he, he's done pretty well for himself the last couple of weeks I thought at least um I, I, yeah, I, yeah I would say he's played solid I'll, I'll admit to that when you're getting paid 10 million a year to me you have to play better than just okay and good and so that, that'll be a key. But in terms of predictions, I'll tell you, as, as you asked the question, Miller, do, are we assuming that Kyler Murray is going to play? We don't know about DeAndre Hopkins. We don't know about Zayvon Collins. It's very dangerous making predictions on Tuesday uh, when, it, when it's early. Ask when, me when again it's early. on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. When it's early in the week. But I, I will say I think we're going we're, we're gonna to see a team galvanized uh, by what happened last Thursday. I think they're – uh, they're, they're still going to play good football. I think the 49ers are not that good. Uh, they are great. They are excellent defensively. I don't think they're that good uh, off- offensively, although they might they might have George Kittle uh, for this game. So there's another thing uh, that could change things. But I, I, do, I do believe, though, that this game will be very close, uh, just like uh, the last one was. And the 49ers cut their kicker uh, today because uh, it looks like Robbie Gold is coming back to be able to kick for them. So a lot of things that we'll learn about as the week goes on. And all you have to do, though, is come to allcardinals.com for all the news, all the information, all the analysis. It's all it's all at allcardinals.com. So we'll wrap up this All Cardinals podcast for Miller Thomas, for Alex Weiner. I'm Howard Balzer. Have a good week, everybody. As, hey, think of this. It's week nine. There's 18 weeks in the NFL season now. So we are at 
the official halfway point in the NFL season. So it should be a hell of a ride for the second half of the year. So have a good week, everybody.